Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and links to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, a profitable day, despite bad variants. Um, oh, and four in the winter-end games? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, it's. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure... We had a stretch like this last year. I think it was more in July than August. Um, and when I, there was no show last year. It was just I was posting pics on Twitter um, and in the Google sheet last year. And it's just bonkers. And it'll end. <laughs> we talked about it. We talked about it. It'll end. I don't know when. <laughs> I keep hoping it will. If we could have just had mediocre variants yesterday, it would have been a pretty dang good day. Um as it was, get the A-grade winner with the Marlins was an easy pick. And I, I posted about this that – the difference between Cabrera and Lopez in that situation was very minimal. Um, got the Brewers to finish off the night. Like I said, that, that line made no sense. Lauer could absolutely keep him in that game. And then we got we got a relatively easy winner there late with the Brewers playing add-on at the end. Uh, but the winner game just keep, you know, and the, those will trend to 50-50 in the long run. 100%, that is a, uh, that is a mathematical fact. <laughs> um especially if you're taking both underdogs and favorites. If you, you could maybe argue if you're only taking big underdogs, maybe that would trend to like 45% or, or you know, low forties or something, but it would at least be pretty close to 50, 50 uh, taking both favorites and underdogs. That's going to go to 50% in the end. It's just been like a large sample at this point. It feels like a large, it's not really large. It just feels large the last week. Uh, but I mean, a profitable day yesterday despite that. So, uh, Again, it'll end. I have no idea when. Uh, hopefully, it's soon. If nothing else, the other picks did well, uh, avoiding those run games. Um, it's just the, the random variability, the bounces of the sport. Uh, but I mean, starting the week positive, can't complain uh, about that. 16 games today, but before we get to those, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure that you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides, share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I'll love those and try to respond to as many as I can. As a reminder, we've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description one afternoon game as we have a double header in chicago cardinals at the cubs weather wise it'll be mid 70s for this one wind blowing in at about 10 miles an hour for the entirety of this game uh, a little bit of a boost to the pitchers here based off of that uh, one of the pitchers is going to need it the other one maybe not as much adam way of course having another good year 311 era underlying metrics say it should be about a half run higher than that uh, Wainwright, uh, not too dissimilar from a guy we talked about yesterday, Jordan Montgomery. Good, not maybe great. Um, against a, a, a mediocre Cubs offense, uh, a Cubs offense that, uh, especially today, and of course they didn't hit the lefty yesterday, but doesn't project to hit righties very well. So, I mean, very absolutely could have a lot of success, uh, especially with the wind blowing in. Uh, a, a, definitely a good enough pitcher to shut down this Cubs offense. The Cubs will throw Javier Assad today. Uh, a guy that started the year in double A, only, uh, I think 36 innings in triple A this year. Uh, so you can't be that optimistic about, I mean, doesn't make it into my database as a starting pitcher. Um, he's, he's not a guy that you think is going to make it three times through the lineup. I, I can't imagine that he's going to have to throw everything. He's got maybe even the first one to the lineup against this pretty good Cardinals offense. Um, 
the model is treating it as a bullpen game, which seems about right because he's not going to be that great, I assume, as a young guy coming up. Now, there might not be a lot of tape on him, which can benefit him, but I just see it hard, him hard, it'd be hard to get him through the second side of the lineup, and he may have pretty mediocre results. Again, it's going to act almost like a bullpen-ish game with regards to the quality as well, not just the length. Even if he is able to give him four or five, I just don't see the quality being there for a guy that's just not this tested. Uh, again, facing a pretty solid offense in the Cardinals, can the window help him out a little bit? Uh, but that Cardinals offense can really put the bat on the ball last night aside, being a, a one nothing game. Um, the model does predict a total of 8.1. There's no total out on this one as they tend to wait a little bit later. They, it's like they come out with totals like right after I hit the record button, it seems like. Uh, so we'll see what the total is there. But the total definitely should be lower with Wainwright going again in a subpar Cubs offense, a wind blowing in, and it not being really a warm day. Um, a lower total makes a lot of sense. I think eight would be the right number. We'll see what it is. The model says that right now this game's priced relatively well. It says Cardinals minus 171. I'll take the Cardinals minus 181 simply because if it says there's no mathematical advantage, the models tended to like the Cubs and not like the Cardinals. And so if it says there's no edge, I kind of want to be on the other side of that because there is a little bit of bias, I believe, that the model has. I'm not going to say like necessarily on the Cubs or against the Cardinals. There just does seem to be a little bit of a the Cubs maybe not as good as the model thinks and not that the model thinks they're good. It thinks that they're being priced a little bit poorly. Um, but the model hasn't done well fading the Cardinals and the Cardinals are a pretty good team. There was that stretch in the middle of the season where we backed the Cardinals a lot that worked out a lot better than fading them. So again, with no mathematical advantage, I'd rather be on the Cardinals at this one, but the model says this game's priced pretty well. So it's a tough one to peg on the afternoon game here. I know it's one that a lot of us probably want action on just because it's more fun to have money on the afternoon game that we're watching. But I mean, you got a couple options here. You can actually just ignore this one and try to get more work done. Um, but if you, or if you do have to play it, like I said, at least at these prices, as long as the price doesn't get too high, I'd probably rather be on the Cardinals with Ray Wright versus I don't know what we're going to get from Cubs pitching, but the price is so high. Like I said, I don't think it's worth that much of an investment because there's really just no edge here at these giant prices. You're paying a premium for the pitching situation uh, as much as it favors the Cardinals. I mean, you're paying for it. So it's not like there's, it's a great investment opportunity in my opinion. It's a site I'll be on, but only with a lean at minus 181. So the night game, 7.05 Eastern, first pitch reds at the Phillies. Uh, low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. Winds will be blowing probably mostly across, maybe a tiny bit out to start in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range, but it'll shift to across pretty quickly. So not really much of an edge there to the hitters for that. Total on this one is eight models, so it's 7.9, so it's priced pretty well. You have another situation like last night where the Phillies are going to score the majority of the runs. The question is, can they get enough to get you that over? They weren't able to last night. Again, today the model just says stay away. You have two decent lefties here with Lodolo and Suarez. Both of these guys get above average ratings. Uh, talked about Lodolo. I know a lot of people got turned off of him because he struggled in that first inning of the Field of Dreams game. Um, but I, I talked about it after that. I still liked him. He's, again, pitched fairly well. 412 ERA. Underlying metric states should be in the upper threes. I mean, a solid pitcher here for the Reds. Um, Suarez, again, just keeps looking really well here at the, the back half of the season, the back two-thirds of the season. He started off very poor, made the end of last year look like a bit of a mirage, but now he's definitely making that, what, that stretch he went on last year look like that was, you know, not the craziest thing in the world as he's pitched very well. 331 ERA in the season, underlying metrics have him just a tad bit higher than that. Again, both good pitchers that I like here. The, the difference is that the Phillies offense is much better than the Reds offense. And then when we get to the bullpens, the Phillies bullpen is much better. So the Phillies at home should be really large favorites. I just don't like the price in this one. I think this game's priced really well. To me, it's a complete stay away at this price. I don't think you really want to be on the Phillies with a number that starts with a two. I'll take them here as a lean because I'm making a pick on every game. And as long as the numbers in the low twos, I'd rather be on the Phillies than the Reds. But that doesn't mean that I think that I would invest a portion of my capital tonight on the Phillies. I think there are other better investment opportunities. This is the only game on the board. Maybe you can make an argument that it's worth a small investment. Uh, but given all the other opportunities, I'd rather sprinkle my money around in different places. Unless this number starts with a one. If you can get down into the uh, a number that starts with, well, with the one with the Phillies, I think now it's worth a look, but 205, I'd rather be on the Phillies and the Reds, but it's not a great price. Only a C grade pick for me here on the Phillies. Model says it should be Phillies minus 197. And that's where I kind of think even at 199, I think it's at least worth a look on the Phillies in the low twos. I mean, it's not it's not a horrible play, I don't think, but it's just the premium that you're paying. I just don't really think that the ROI is worth it because Lodolo is good enough to keep the Reds in the game. And so at that point, paying a big enough price 
Uh, now the Phillies are home, but paying that price just, I just don't think the probability that the Phillies win is high enough to justify this giant price really. So like I said, in the ones, maybe you start thinking about the Phillies, but in the low 200s, that's a side I'll be on, but it's not one I love. Just a C-grade pick for me there. 7.05 Eastern start time, <clears throat> Braves at the Pirates, uh, mid to upper 70s to start, around 70 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing out under five miles an hour, so no real wind effect there. Max Freed, hello, Max Freed now ranking as the second best pitcher in the database. Uh, I, I mean, we talked about him all season. Every time he comes up, I'm like, I don't know what there's to say about this guy other than he continues to pitch really well. 260 ERA, and the underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. I mean, having a phenomenal year. I, I, like I said, I don't know what else to say about him. Just uh, just going out there, getting work done. Uh, you know, he, 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 a guy that isn't getting any Cy Young buzz whatsoever, mainly because everyone's talking about Alcantara and, and Corbin Burns, who's also fantastic. But Max Fried quietly, again, just having a fantastic season. Really like this guy. Uh, JT Brubaker for the Pirates. I like him as well. I think for the Pirates, he's a pretty good pitcher. I'm talking about like Brady Singer with the Royals. Like for the Royals, he's a good pitcher. For the Pirates, Brubaker's pretty good. Gets a 95 rating in the database here, so a little bit above average. Does have a 419 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be about a half run better than that. You're talking so far, we're starting off a little shaky here. We got some A and B picks later on, but so far we're talking about slate a lot of C grade picks here. I'll be on the Braves here at minus two fifty five. Model says it should be two fifty eight. So I think the Braves are worth a look here, as long as your price is better than minus two sixty. But again, you're paying a giant premium. Not that Freed isn't really good. Not that the Braves' offense isn't really good. Not that the Pirates' relievers aren't terrible. It's just, I mean, this is a giant price for a road team against a pitcher in Brubaker who isn't terrible. And you saw last night with Renzi Contreras, the same thing that I talked about, like that he could absolutely keep the Pirates in that ballgame. And he did. That really good Braves offense was shut down. And I see, I, I, not that that's like the thing that's for sure going to happen tonight, right? But it wouldn't be crazy to see the same thing again tonight with Brubaker. Like he can absolutely keep the Pirates in this game. Now this Braves offense is good enough. They could be up 5 nothing after two. Absolutely. And with Freed on the hill, like you look at that subpar Pirates offense, a pretty bad Pirates offense, especially against lefties, not a good offense. You're thinking they might not score a single run, right? Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. That's why I'm on the Braves. But I just think the Braves are worth a huge investment tonight. It's a better play on the Braves than the Phillies just because the mismatch is so large here. But again, with Brubaker involved, he's a decent pitcher. Like I just don't want to get too carried away with my Braves investment tonight. So it's my kind of like word of warning on this one. Maybe worth a look, a small play. But these prices around minus 250 is just really high. Again, model says 258. It's 255, again, worth a look. It's just, it's a little bit uncomfortable with Brubaker at home. Like every once in a while, like upsets happen. And as much as it would be surprising to see this upset, like seeing Brubaker pull the upset would be much less surprising than any number of other pitchers that the Pirates might have. Probably Contreras, uh, who went last night aside. On this one, model says go under 7.5. The total is 6.7. Again, obviously the Braves' offense is really good. But again, with an above-average pitcher for the Pirates in Brubaker, I don't see how the Pirates score in this game. Like I said, their offense is already bad. It's a worse rating against lefties. I just don't see them scoring many runs tonight. Model says 6.7. So it says that the total should be 6.5 or 7. So at 7.5, I think go under because 7 makes a lot more sense as a total in this game than 7.5. It's a little bit higher except Braves offense. But I mean, you saw it last night. A decent pitcher has the ability to keep them from scoring eight runs. And I think they're going to have to get eight for this total to go over. So like I said, I'm on the Braves. I think they're, I think they're the side to be on here at this price. It's just not worth a huge investment. Same thing with the run line. I would be on the Braves run line, but it would also be a small investment because the premium you're paying isn't just, isn't worth a lot of your capital. There's much better opportunities later on in the show that will cover. Um, you're paying just a pretty big price on that run line. Again, it's a side I'd rather be on. I think there's a decent chance the Braves win, you know, four to one or something like that but um you're paying decent odds on a run line for a road team um again against a solid pitcher so again run line money line whichever way you're playing this i think i'd rather be on the braves but it's just not worth a huge investment because the price offers just a tiny bit of value because they are making you pay the premium that you should have to pay for backing max freed as good as he is Seven to five start time here. White Sox at the Orioles. A little bit warmer here. Lower 80s to start. Upper 70s to close. Ones will be blowing across in this one. Dylan Cease versus Austin Voth. Uh, 
uh, cease 209 year. I know the underlying metrics have him a full run higher than that. So I don't think he's necessarily going to be able to keep up this two ERA pace. But I mean, results wise, it's been fantastic. And even underlying metrics having him around a three ERA is still extremely incredible. Still a fantastic pitcher. Um, and the results are even better. Um, going up against an average Orioles offense, he absolutely can have a lot of success tonight. And Cease has been a guy that we've faded a lot this season. Not that I don't think he's good. It's just he's been priced more like he's Max Freed, Max Scherzer, anybody with the name of Max, I guess. He's been priced at that tier, and I think he's just like one notch below that. Um Today, though, we're going to back Dylan Cease here at minus 131. It's a B-grade pick model, so this should be minus 135. I like backing the Orioles, and I'm never comfortable backing the White Sox. We faded them yesterday for a winner. But anytime we talked about this recently, anytime we can get an edge on one of these top pitchers that we tend to fade, I think it's worth the play. doesn't mean it's always going to work out. It didn't work out with Scherzer last night. Um, but I think in general, I think those are worth looks uh, here as we tend to just fade these top guys. Uh, because the prices are usually a little bit too high. I don't think the price is too high here. I think Cease can absolutely dominate this game by himself. He's done it all season. Again, even though I think he's not quite as good as that 209 year, I still think he's a really good pitcher and should dominate the Orioles offense that is just mediocre. Austin Voth for the Orioles, 486 ERA. Underline metrics have him more in the upper threes. Not a terrible pitcher, but also not a guy who's going to give you a lot of length, which adds variability to the game uh, because now we need multiple relievers to come in for the Orioles and pitch well. Their relievers are pretty solid, but again, needing multiple guys to come in always adds that little extra variability and uncertainty. I think the White Sox should be a little bit bigger favorites in this. It's a B-grade pick for me on the White Sox at minus 131. And again, probably a B-grade pick here in the minus one, low minus 130s. Once it gets up to that price that the model says of mid 130s in that 135 range, it probably drops to a lean as I think you've really started to lose all the value here. But I think there's a decent play on the White Sox. Like I said, backing Dylan Cease, the model hasn't done it often. So any chance we get to do that, I'm excited about. Model says this total should be 7.9. So it might indicate going over 7.5. The Orioles have been more of an under team. And with Cease on the mound, I probably wouldn't touch this total. I think I probably would leave it alone at 7.5 and just focus my investment on the White Sox. 7.5 first pitch, continuing the Subway Series here. Mets at the Yankees. It'll be around 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. A slight breeze around 5 miles an hour blowing out. Taiwan Walker versus Frankie Montas. Walker with a 336 ERA underlying metrics have it about a half run higher than that. Montas, a 387 ERA underlying metrics have it more in the mid threes. Both good pitchers. I think Montas is a better pitcher than Walker. The model has him at a rating of 88, whereas Walker gets a 96. I absolutely think Montas is the better pitcher. I'm not really buying into this Montas struggle thing in New York. I think what we're just seeing is ups and downs of a season. Um, I think he's a very solid pitcher. I think he's a good pitcher. Uh, again, I, like I said before, I never thought he was as great as he was made out to be in Oakland. I think his numbers were deflated by that massive park and probably a little bit of a how bad Oakland is. Look at this one guy and everyone kind of like thought he was better than he was. He was never that great. He was always good. A good pitcher here for the Yankees, but I still would rather take the Mets offense than the Yankees offense. And I'd rather have the relievers and the Yankees relievers at this point. Uh, this is a coin toss type game, in my opinion. The model agrees with that. It says Yankees minus 105, so the Yankees should be slight home favorites here. But I think this Mets team is just a better team, and I don't think the discrepancy between these two starting pitchers is that large. So at plus 118, it's an A-grade pick for me on the Mets. Again, at these odds, a coin toss game, I'm all over that. I don't know what else there's to say on this game other than I don't really know what's going to happen, but plus 118 offers value. And so people, some people have, have made comment about this, and most of y'all are with me on this, and the next 30 seconds, you're probably like, you preach to the choir here. I don't know who's going to win this game. It's an angry pick because an angry pick isn't about who I think is going to win. It's about who I think is going to win at the price that we're getting because in the long run, the price 100% matters. And if it doesn't matter, then I'd like to talk to you about making some wagers head-to-head -head and I'll, I'll give you some prices and then you'll see if the price really matters or not. Right at plus 118 I, in a coin toss game. Again, if you give me plus 118 at the roulette wheel, I would be there every day of the week. Unfortunately, they don't give you those odds because... They're trying to stay in business, but I think here this game is much more of a coin toss than indicated. Yankees have won two in a row. I don't think they've like righted any ship or anything. I still think they're a decent offense. I said that when they were losing. I still think they're a, an above average offense right now. It's just without a couple of pieces, their offense does rate out as worse than this Mets offense. 
who I'd still rather have in this game. I think anything can happen. It should be an interesting game. Plus 118 offers a lot of value. A great pick for me here on the Mets. And a game that the model thinks is totaled really well. 8.6 is what the model says. The actual total is 8.5. 17 Eastern Start Time. Another A great pick for me. I'm on the Red Sox here at plus 145. Another coin toss type game. The Blue Jays should absolutely be road favorites here in this one. Uh, pretty big starting pitcher edge, but that's the only discrepancy between these two teams. I don't quite understand why the Blue Jays are priced at minus 157. It's, it's, I'm not loving backing Josh Winkowski against Ross Stripling, but the discrepancy here is automatic A grade. We're going to trust the model here. Uh, again, model says Blue Jays minus 113. Being a road favorite against a team that's basically the same as you uh, does mean you have a pretty big starting pitcher edge. But to get to a price like minus 157, I have to treat Ross Stripping like he's Jacob deGrom. I don't quite understand that. Like the Right now, again, against righty versus righty, these two offenses are rounding error differences. Relievers, the model likes the Red Sox relievers better. And Stripping's absolutely a better pitcher, don't get me wrong. But like this Red Sox team, like we talk about how they've been like frustrating and discouraging and they maybe sold a little bit at the deadline. I don't know what they did. Um, I don't know what word to use. They're like six games behind the Blue Jays at this point of the season. Like, that's not a lot. Like, that's a couple of bounces either direction, and all of a sudden these two teams are flipped in the standings. Like, this game is priced like the Blue Jays are, like, going to win the East, and the Red Sox are, like, going to be last in the division. I'm like, they're that far apart from each other, right? Like, uh, I, sure, the Blue Jays are a little bit better, but, like, I, there's nothing that indicates they're that much better. Again, against righties, you know, against, against a lefty, a little bit different of a situation that Blue Jays offense is very scary and sloppy. It's a righty. It's good, not great. This Red Sox offense also good, not great. Um, again, the only real difference in these teams is the fact that Stripling is a lot better than Winkowski, absolutely. And it's not a comfortable play to back Winkowski over Stripling. But again, at plus 145, a, a game that the Blue Jays should be favored in, but not by that much. I mean, I, we have to be on the Red Sox here. It's great value. Doesn't mean they'll win, but it means it's close enough to a coin toss that these odds are worth taking every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I'm on the Red Sox here at plus 145 with an A-grade play. Another game the model thinks is totaled really well. Model says 9.6. Actual total is 9.5. Hitter-friendly ballpark. Not really a warm day here uh, in Boston. It should be in the low 70s, but just a lot of runs usually in that ballpark, which is why we get to that total. Uh, where it is. Winds will be blowing across and or under at five miles an hour. It's not really much of a wind effect there. And again, though, we might see a little bit of rain here early on. So something to keep an eye on there. We might have a bit of a rain delay there in Boston. Angels at the race, 710 Eastern first pitch, Jose Suarez versus Corey Kluber. Uh, both these guys have low four ERAs, but the underlying metrics say that Suarez is probably pretty accurate there in the low fours, whereas Kluber should be more in the mid to upper threes. Kluber's a better pitcher here. Rays, uh, offensively, probably a little better than the Angels. Relievers a little bit better at home. They should be favored. The question is, by how much? I'll be on the Rays tonight, but unlike last night, where I thought there was some value in the Angels and they hung in there, just couldn't get it done for us, uh, I think this game's priced really well. To me, it's a stay away at these numbers. I'm not excited about backing the Rays at minus 171 because Kluber isn't that good. Anytime we start laying these numbers close to two, I want a better pitcher than Kluber. Um, but, I mean, they're, the Rays are a better team at home. The price isn't that high. It's just not that exciting either, if that makes sense. Uh, model says it should be raised minus 164. If I could lay 160, I think that's much more reasonable. With that extra diamond in the 170s, is like... <sighs> At some point, it's just... Again, you're just paying a premium for a guy like Kluber. It's just Again, I just can't get excited about it. I don't think there's a lot of value in this play. Again, I think it's priced fairly well. I'll be on the race here with a lean at this price. But again, it's not one I'm running to the window to make. Uh, model says 7.2 for the total. Actual total is 7. 7 seems about right for this one. Big pitchers park. Um, two offenses that can absolutely fall apart. Um, but not enough good pitching here for me to really love going under uh, a number like 7. Not enough hitting for me to go over a number like 7 in that park. It gets priced pretty well there with regards to total. Last game at the 7 o'clock Eastern time slot. Giants at the Tigers. Around 80 degrees to start in Detroit. Mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in. Mostly about 5 miles an hour or under. Carlos Rodon versus Drew Hutchison. Rodon, obviously fantastic. 289 ERA. Underline metrics have him a little bit better than that. Quietly having a really good year. I think people thought he would have a better year going to San Francisco. Of course, I don't think at the start of the year we quite realized that San Francisco 
would all of a sudden be playing like a neutral park instead of a, a pitcher friendly park like it's been uh, ever since they built that place. Um, so it's probably not giving him the extra like ERA boost we thought he would get. But again, still having a really good year. So I don't think there's any reason to be down on Radon. Um, still just kind of chugging along, having a solid season. I guess the guy in Hutchison who's not maybe as bad as the model indicates. He's just very meh. 423 ERA and all that metrics have him in the mid four. It's not a guy who's going to give you a lot of length. Um, nothing special for sure. And below average. Again, I think the model might be a little bit too down on him. I don't think he's 117 rating bad. But he's obviously not a guy that's very good. And a massive starting pitcher edge here for the Giants. And offensively, a massive edge for the Giants as well. The Giants should be large favorites in here. The only weak spot for the Giants is the relievers. If the Tigers hang in this game through the first five innings, all of a sudden it starts getting a little bit scary for the Giants. The Giants' recipe for success here is going to be get to Hutchison early. They have an above-average offense against a below-average pitcher. Get four or five runs up on the board in the first five innings. Radon does his thing works efficiently, shuts them down through seven innings, and then if you need an inning or two from the bullpen, that's fine, and the Giants can coast to a victory. That's their game plan for success. If this game stays close, whether it's Radon's pitch count gets up and the Tigers eke out a run or two, or if the Giants just don't hit off of Hutchison and this game stays, you know, Giants up one nothing after 6-2-1, something like that, all of a sudden this game gets very scary because the Giants' relievers are pretty bad. The Tigers' relievers are pretty decent, above average for Detroit. And that's where this game gets a little bit interesting um, from a do-you-want-to-tune-in-late standpoint. I think the Giants are priced too high. It's Tigers or Pass. Pass is probably a pretty reasonable option. Fading Radon is never a fun thing to do, but the model says it should be Giants minus 196. So prices in the 200s for the Giants just can't justify that on the road. Again, as bad as the relievers are. Again, if this game is accidentally close later on, it's 100% a game that the Tigers can steal. So I'll take the Tigers at plus 193, but it's only a C-grade pick because there's not really a lot of value. Again, with the model saying it should be 196. It's Tigers or pass, and I think I'd probably lean towards pass until you start getting into the plus 200s for the Tigers, and then it starts being a situation where the odds are high enough that it's probably worth a look, maybe a small investment, especially as it creeps into the 200s. Never know where the number's going to go, but if it does, again, get to the 200s, 210s, if it gets up to the 220s, at some point you start saying, it's worth a flyer on the Tigers. They might accidentally win it. Uh, with the number starting with one, though, I'd rather be in the Tigers than that giant number with the Giants, but it's not one. Giant number with the Giants. I didn't even try to do that. Uh, it's not one that I'm uh, excited to play. It's not an underdog like the Brewers were last night where I was like, hey, they got a shot to hang in there. I'm like, the Tigers, maybe, but the odds just aren't good enough, in my opinion, to really to really like this play. It's just I don't want to lay minus 210 or 220 or whatever with the Giants, as bad as the relievers are on the road. The game the model thinks is priced really well total-wise. It's part of the reason why I'm not giving out total plays. So many of them are priced really well. Um, they've kind of really honed in, in my opinion, according to the model here. Uh, model says 7.4, actual total 7.5. I can't really find an edge on this one personally with regards to total. 805 Eastern, first pitch game two of the doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Cubs for this one. It'll be mid 70s start around 70 degrees to close winds dying down so not that extra wind blowing in effect that we have in game one jake woodford will get the ball for the cardinals it sounds like matthew liberatore will come on and pitch in relief he's had a solid season uh, adrian samson for the cubs also a solid season the guy we backed last time out i talked about it's a little hard to get too much behind this guy because of how bad he was last year and the model doesn't know that but he continues to pitch really well this year and the underlying metrics say it's not a mirage 351 ERA and the underlying metrics have him at 382. So, I mean, if, again, it's not smoke and mirrors. He's a guy that I'm, I'm getting comfortable backing. The model still is worried about last year and still says he's below average, but I'm not convinced about that. I think he's maybe even average or slightly above average. He, he was absolutely just abysmal last year. But, I mean, we're up to 59 innings this year, and he keeps trucking along. I'm not willing to write off last year completely after 59 innings. That wouldn't be the sound thing to do. But I am looking at that saying, like, 59 innings isn't nothing. And, like, I'm, I've got my eye on him, and he continues to look well. The underlying metrics support that he's figured something out, changed something. And we should kind of de-weight some of last year's and, and I think maybe even the previous year's awful results that he had. So, I mean, not a bad pitcher here. For the Cubs, the model's treating this as a bullpen game for the Cardinals. It might be slightly better than a generic bullpen game because the end laboratory has been pretty solid for them. Uh, 
Bottles is Cardinals minus 108 in this one. So Cubs plus 123 is a B-grade play. It's a coin toss type game. I think the starting pitching situation is mostly a wash. Slight edge to the Cardinals offensively and in the relievers, but game in Chicago. I saw the Cardinals again as slight favorites, but it's close to a coin toss. I think the Cubs offer some value. Can't go A-grade pick here. Again, the bottle fading the Cardinals just hasn't had success. So kind of just, it's close to an A-grade. So if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about this investment between how you view the A and B plays. Again, this is close to an A-grade play with regards to the edge. Again, I'm just downgrading it because it's on the border, and so I'm using that as my as my coin toss to go from a, to go to A or B. I kind of look a little bit deeper, looking a little bit deeper. The model just hasn't done well fading the Cardinals, and it's, like I said, it's earlier in the show, it's like the Cubs a little bit. So as a borderline A or B pick, I'm giving it a B-grade because – um, that does have me a tiny bit concerned, but I think the Cubs have a shot to win this game at plus 123. I think they're worth a look here at these plus odds. They can absolutely win this game. Samson can keep them in it, kind of like last night's game, and they might lose another one-run game or even a two-run game, but they can hang in there in this one. The other concern, of course, is that the Cardinals' bullpen after yesterday is going to be completely rested, and with Wainwright going into game first game, the, the other kind of fear you have is what are the bullpens going to look like? If the Cardinals' bullpen is completely rested, which it, it might be, that sets them up for a more successful bullpen game. If the Cubs relievers are just gassed out, especially after game one, that could hurt them a little bit too. So again, something to kind of keep an eye on there, maybe wait a little bit on this one to see how game one plays out before you make the investment if if you're able to. Again, I think Samson can keep him in this game, but there are enough concerning factors there that I'm like, even though the edge is close to an A grade, I don't think it's worth that third unit just because there's a little bit of uncertainty around a lot of things in this game. But again, clubs at these big plus odds, I think worth a chance. They might accidentally win this one. They have a better shot at least at game two than they do in game one. Model on this one says total of 9.4. Says that the subpar pitching here will get taken advantage of and that extra pitcher boost that you get in game one is gone. So expecting a higher total for this one tonight than in the first one. 18 Eastern first pitch twins at the Astros. Uh, a hundred percent. This is the stupid line of the night. Uh, if you want to indicate to your sports book that you are not a sharp player, if you want to get them off the scent of you're making money, just bet on the Astros tonight. And that's going to flag in your account. And they're going to be like, this guy's not a sharp player. I mean, this line is bonkers high. Uh, Justin Verlander is obviously fantastic. As an Astros fan, I'm well aware of this. And we've backed the Astros a lot this year, and it's it's worked okay. I mean, they've been a mostly a profitable team to back. Um, but this number, I, I just uh, – and Aaron Sanchez isn't good, right? Don't get me wrong. Like, for the Twins here, he, he you don't have any confidence. The Twins have been struggling lately, absolutely. But the Twins in that last series against the Rangers, you know, we were having like 1% edges there. And 1% edges of those favorites has worked fairly well. So it's small edges, but it was ones I thought we could take advantage of. And the Twins just keep losing one-run games. Y'all, that's not predictive. We talked about this. One-run games, and it's not predictive for a, for a better. It's not predictive for a team. Like, what is predictive is winning by five. You know, your overall run differential. If you're playing in tight games, you're going to go roughly 500. And if you don't, again, it's pretty predictive for next year. You're going to start turning towards 500. We very, very, very rarely have ever seen anything that indicates skill in this in this area. The Twins are getting some bad bounces and they're losing these one-run games. But had they won all these one-run games, it shouldn't change your opinion about them. That's the key. That's the point I want to get across. That the Twins struggling here has nothing to do with the fact that they've lost the one-run games. It's the fact that they're playing one-run games at home against the Rangers. That's the problem. The problem isn't that they lost. The problem is that they should have won by four. And if you can't beat the Rangers at home by a lot, that that should raise a red flag. So I want us to, this is just as we're thinking about this, we get to call a trip ball here. We're starting up this week, right? Again, if you haven't watched those episodes, go watch those. Uh, we got, you know, week zero episode already up, but uh, you know, same sort of thing there. Like if you win by three or lose by three, your opinion on the team should be about the same. It shouldn't really change. What should change is if they should win by 30 and they win by three, you still should be disappointed in them. Right. And, and it's easier for us to wrap our brains around that there because we have the point spread and so we're like oh they didn't cover by 20 and so it's easy for us to see that in baseball we don't really think about the point spread uh, the run line really as much but it still exists and the rangers should not have been able to hang in with every single game in the twins and they did and that's the problem with the twins up that they lost so that rants aside <laughs> even though the twins have been struggling they're still a decent team offensively they're still in the same ballpark as the Astros offensively. 
it's rounding error at this point. I'd rather have the Astros offense, but I mean, a fully functional Twins lineup is not that much worse than the Astros offense. Relievers, these sets of relievers are pretty comparable. The only difference in this game is Verlander and Sanchez, and I cannot see how you can get to a price of minus 325 on the Astros. And the correlating run line, the same thing, like, or the alternate run line. Like, I just, you just, it's Twins or pass 100% full stop. It doesn't mean the Astros win this game. They absolutely probably do. The model says they win it. 68.5% of the time. That's more likely than not. But the price that you're paying, 30% events happen all the time, and you are going to lose a lot if you're packing the Ashes, if you're just blindly throwing them in all your money line parlays. Again, it doesn't mean the Ashes don't win this game. They probably do. But weird things happen in sports, and the cost is way greater than the payout. And I've heard me say that phrase before, and that's what I'm trying to indicate, whether it's by itself, the run line parlay, whatever it is. It's not smart to be on the Astros tonight simply because the risk that you have is greater than the payout. And again, the Astros probably win, but the payout that you're going to get when they do is really, really small, and you've incurred more risk than makes sense. I'm on the Twins here with a B-grade pick. It's absolutely A-grade. territory with regards to the percent we don't need to risk three units because we're gonna almost have it's a three to one winner basically if if it pays um but it's it is a hundred percent in the range where had the odds not been this crazy it's an automatic a grade play for me so i'm dropping it to a b grade because we don't need to be that invested in it Again, the Astros probably win, but if the Twins if the Twins win this game thirty percent of the time at plus two eighty seven, that is a heck of an investment, and it's going to be a great ROI for us. So I'm on the Twins here at this giant price with the B grade pick. If you want to just completely stay away, I think that makes sense too. It's Twins or pass. The Astros just cannot be backed tonight, in my opinion. And total wise, I think it's also a stay away. Model says eight point one. Actual total is eight. Diamondbacks at the Royals, 810 Eastern. First pitch in Kansas City will be in the mid to low 80s to start, mid 70s to finish. Slight breeze under five miles an hour blowing in. Zach Davies versus John Heasley, two below average pitchers. Davies, 399 ERA. Underlying metrics have a more in the mid fours. Heasley's a guy we've tried to fade all season. Had a couple of decent starts, but it was all smoke and mirrors. And sure enough, now. His ERA is at 561, and the underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. He's not a good pitcher. Models says slight edge to the Royals here at plus 109. It's a C-grade pick for me. Models says it should be Diamondbacks minus 107. I'm not going higher than a C-grade pick because I don't want to invest that much backing John Heasley. But the model says that the Diamondbacks, it's hard to favor them by this much on the road. And that makes sense. His Diamondbacks team is terrible, and the Royals are terrible. It's all bad baseball here tonight. And bad starting pitchers, too. So, I mean, this is not a game that's you know, going to be put in Cooperstown anytime soon. Um, but the idea here is that in bad baseball, these plus odds probably make a little bit more sense. The Diamondbacks aren't that good. Their relievers are bad. And again, the Royals relievers are bad too, but at plus 109, I think that's the side I'd rather be on here. So it's a lean, little bit of a mathematical edge, but I'd try not to make it a habit of putting too much of my money behind John Heasley because he's not a good pitcher. Um, but again, models has a little bit of an edge here for the Royals at home because it's not that Zach Davies is a good pitcher either. On this one, model says go over, and I tend to agree. Total is actually 8.5. The Royals have been more of an over team this year. Model says 9.7, so it's one of the totals I would take advantage of. I'd play this over for sure. Even at 9, I'd play over and know that push is on the table. Both of these offenses against righties project to be fairly close to league average. League average offenses against Zach Davies and John Heasley and the set of relievers that will follow them in a hitter-friendly ballpark should score a lot of runs. This total doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I just don't see... I see decent hitting, mediocre hitting, and bad pitching. That should be a total... At a hitter-friendly ballpark, that should be a total of nine at minimum, probably closer to nine and a half. Like I said, model says 9.7. So over eight and a half, I think, makes a ton of sense. Here, and I'd even go over nine knowing that we got that push possibility. So one of the few totals I like tonight, I'd be going over in Kansas City. 840 Eastern Start Time, Rangers at the Rockies. Rangers, I think, won maybe seven of ten here. Uh, now we'll be on them tonight at plus 106 against the Rockies. We were back in the Rockies here at home. Again, they get a massive boost in the model for that home field advantage. Uh, but the model here says the Rangers should be favored to the tune of a price of minus 108. Uh, so plus 106, it's a pretty solid edge to B grade pick for me here. Not an A grade pick for two reasons. Number one, fading the car, the Rockies in Coors has not been a profitable venture. So that's obviously on my mind. Um, number two, the fact that the game is in Coors Field adds a lot of variability with regards to how many runs are going to be scored and what type of game we're going to see. That extra variability 
drops it to a, it just combines again as a tiebreaker to give it to a B pick to say solid investment. I think it's worth a look. I think the Rangers still should be favored, but I don't want to be over invested portfolio wise in a game that has a lot of extra variability in it. I don't really know exactly what I'm going to get. I just think there's better investment opportunities on the board, but the Rangers think absolutely worth a look. I think they should be favored here on the road at plus odds. It's a B grade pick. I think the Rangers make a lot of sense here. Dane Dunning versus Herman Marquez, two pretty average pitchers. I don't really think there's an edge either way. Uh, both of these guys have uh, underlying metrics say their ERA should be in the low fours. Marquez is, of course, inflated because of Coors Field. I think these two guys are just very average pitchers. The set of relievers, I don't like the Rangers relievers at all, but I do think they're better than the Rockies relievers. And offensively, I think the Rangers offense is still better than the Rockies. It's fairly average, but the Rockies offense, I think, is pretty below average, at least until you get to them facing a lefty. So I think the Rangers make a lot of sense here on the road, even with the massive home field edge that we give the Rockies in Denver. So plus 106, again, a B great pick for me. Total is 11, model says 10.5. Close enough that I don't really think it's worth too much of an investment in there. Again, a lot of variability in that park. Uh, the wind will be blowing out tonight, at about, but only about five miles an hour. So it's not going to really help too much. Weather-wise, we're in the low 80s to start, low 70s to close. So it's not really a warm enough day that I think the ball's, I mean, the ball's already going to fly. It's Coors Field, right? But it's not going to be extra hot where it's like pop-ups feel like home run or what feels like a pop-up is a home run. Uh, but it's not one of those chilly nights either where it's like, yeah, I know it's Coors, but it's chilly enough it's actually going to make it play more close to average. It's kind of a normal night there. Again, because it temperature dropping, the model says 11 is probably a little bit too high. These starters are decent. Uh, but it's not a total that I really think is that exciting to back, in my opinion. 940 Easter first pitch Guardians at the Padres. It'll be low 70s to start, upper 60s to close. A slight breeze out under five miles an hour. Aaron Savali versus Mike Clevenger. Savali, of course, was supposed to start Sunday in the game that uh, I guess Dylan Cease was too talked about earlier, but the game where the Guardians ballpark flooded with like five drops of rain. Uh, that was weird. <laughs> um, maybe a little embarrassing even uh, for the Guardians. But both these pitchers rate out at very average uh, Savali's ERA is a full two runs higher than Clevenger, but when you look at the underlying metrics, uh, advanced metrics say Savali's the better pitcher this year um, than Clevenger. You just have some bad bounces for Savali, and you have the fact that Clevenger's pitching in a more pitcher-friendly ballpark uh, is why his results are better. But uh, underlying metrics, again, Savali has done better this season according to the things he can control and the bounces have just not gone his way. So I think there's this is a wash with regards to starting pitcher. Um, I don't think Clevenger is better than Savali, so I, I don't think you should be fooled by those ERAs. Relievers, I'd much rather have the Guardians relievers. They've been fantastic as of late. They actually are now below an 80 rating, according to the model. Padres relievers, below average, still struggling. And, of course, Hayter, the big acquisition, was supposed to help shore up their bullpen, and he's been awful as well. So um, it, a wash starting pitcher-wise, and then the Guardians will have an edge. Uh, with relievers offensively, I think the Padres have a little bit of an edge, but it's not that much. In San Diego here on this one, I think this is a coin toss type game. Model says exactly coin toss. Model says that the Padres have a 50.0% win probability to that first decimal place. Says 50-50 game. Plus 132 is a great play on the Guardians. A lot of value here. Again, if you give me plus 132 at the roulette, I'd be there all the time. A great play for me on the Guardians here. Don't know what's going to happen, uh, but 50-50 uh, game. I love these odds. Um, again, Potter's offense a little bit better, but I think that's really canceled out by it's, it's, it's more than canceled out by the fact that the uh, set of relievers for the guardians much better than the Padres. That absolutely matters. It's not like the most important thing, but it does matter here. Balances out with home field again, coin toss game. I love the guardians here at plus plus one thirty-two. Another game. The model thinks is totaled really well. 8.1 is what the model says. Actual total. I'm seeing is eight. 940 Easter first pitch. Marlins at the A's got that A grade winner last night with the Marlins. Pablo Lopez, this guy we talked about yesterday. Uh, he, he will actually go tonight instead. Same story I talked about with him before. You know, he has struggled as of late, but again, the A's team is the exact right team to go against if you've been struggling. A's didn't score last night. I talked about this. That's this is the A's offense. They're, you know can absolutely go out there and score a handful of runs. And then all of a sudden they disappear for a while and they disappeared last night. And I see the same sort of thing happening. Zach Logue tonight for the A's is not any better 
than Adam Aller last night. Talked about how bad Aller was. Um, Logue is a tiny bit better. His underlying metrics, instead of being in the sixes, have him in the uh, upper fives. But I mean, another terrible pitcher for the A's in another situation where the Marlins ought to be able to go out and score a few runs. And like I said exactly yesterday, I said if the Marlins get three runs in that ballpark, that's not actually a bad showing. You know, three runs in Coors, three runs in Atlanta, three runs in Philly, right? That's not that great. But three runs in Oakland, like, that's not bad. You know, and I think they ought to be able to go out and get another three or four runs tonight. Marlins are a little bit right-handed heavy and should have more success against a lefty. They project to be more of a bad offense against a lefty than a terrible offense against a righty. So even though Logue is a tiny bit better than Aller, I think the fact that the Marlins are right-handed heavy actually makes this about like last night. They ought to be able to go out and get some runs. Um, and again, I just think that Pablo Lopez can have some success against this A's offense. I know he's been struggling, but this is a get-right game. in that ballpark against this offense sets up perfectly for him. I'm an A-grade player on the Marlins again, just like last night at minus 136. Model says it should be minus 150. I think the Marlins are the side you want to be on here. And I don't think the price is that high. Again, it's like we talked about yesterday. People are talking about how bad the Marlins offense and they're kind of forgetting that like the A's offense isn't actually like that much better. Um, people talking about how the Marlins have struggled and all the hopes they had or whatever, but this A's team is also really bad and doesn't really have any home field advantage other than just the travel arrangement aspect of it, um, which decreases their advantage. Uh, it's the opposite of the, of, uh, you know, the Rockies, right? Rockies get actual boost at home. A's is a little bit of a detriment at home, right? Uh, or not a detriment, just not as much of an edge, I should say. But Marlins here, I think, again, people are pricing this as if the A's are competent, and I'm not sure they are. So Agar picked for me on the Marlins at minus 136. Again, model says it should be minus 150. Uh, model says maybe look under 7. Model says 6.7. I'd probably hang a total here of 6.5. I don't see a lot of runs being scored here. Like I said, I think the Marlins scoring three or four runs is probably going to be pretty solid. A's. In general, you never say a team should get shut out, so you think maybe they eat across one or two. But, I mean, a, a four-to-two type game, it makes a lot of sense, I think, in this one. So uh, I might look under the seven here in that ballpark with these offenses. Um, the Marlins, again, being set up for success in that park and still how bad they are, again, that means a successful night, again, is three or four runs, which means you're probably looking under seven here. Again, I'm kind of surprised this total is at 6.5. Uh, to be honest. Uh, and again, that we'll have a standard night in Oakland around 70 degrees to start, low 60s to close, winds blowing out uh, slightly throughout the night. So kind of just your normal night there should play like it typically does in Oakland. 10 Eastern first pitch Brewers at the Dodgers. Got that B-grade winner with the Brewers at those massive plus odds yesterday. And I made the comment it was close to A-grade value. Uh, it was just only a B play because we didn't need to invest that third unit because we were already going to win more than four if they pulled it off. And sure enough, they did. Um, key there again, I talked about the Dodgers against a left-handed pitcher, not as strong. Um, now today they face a righty. Of course they face Corbin Burns, who is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, oh, we talked about Max Fried jumping up and becoming the second best pitcher in the database. Corbin Burns, only one number behind him at a 73 rating. Burns also very fantastic. I'm not breaking any news with that. Um, Gonsolin. Guy we've talked about a lot. I feel the same with him about Urias. Again, great results. I think he is good. I'm just, I'm not sure he's Cy Young caliber when Urias kind of, you know, had a lot of success last night against the Brewers, only gave up the one run. Um, when you talk about Gonson tonight, if, if he has success, um, I, again, I think it's more about the fact that this Brewers offense you talk about a lot is just very hot and cold. I, you know, Gonson's a good pitcher. Uh, I just don't think he's as good as that 212 ERA. We talked a lot about this. Surprisingly, the edge on the Brewers is not that large today. We faded the Dodgers. I wonder if people are kind of realizing the odds got out of hand. Uh, the, the stretch that I'm talking about here where the odds really got out of hand has been the last week or so. You go back to that Royals game against the Dodgers on that Sunday with Singer. Massive plus odds in a game that shouldn't have been that high. We won that one. And I talked about if you had taken first five Royals or if you'd taken run line Royals in those that three-game series, that you won two of the three. Uh, and then in the midweek series against the Brewers, Brewers won two of those. Uh, and then it gets the, the Marlins. Well, again, one of them, we were on the Dodgers. And then one of them was pretty close. We had Marlins run line. You won. So I think people are kind of realizing that these prices in the Dodgers got a little bit out of hand. And the price came down a little bit here today. Uh, who knows what it will be 
Tomorrow, I'm sure we'll still be fading the Dodgers because the prices are still out of hand. They're just less out of hand here. It's only a C-grade pick for me on the Brewers at plus 131. I don't think there's a lot of value on it. Model says it should be Dodgers minus 129. Gonson's still a really good pitcher. This Dodgers team is much better than the Brewers are. They're better relievers, better offense. Um, I think the Dodgers should still be favored here. Um, but these plus odds with Corbin Burns, probably too much to pass up. So, I mean, plus 131 I still think is solid value. It's just only a lead for me. It's just not... A number that I really like, this number gets up into the mid-upper 130s. Now you're talking about maybe B-grade value. If it touches 140, maybe you're getting a little more excited. At plus 131, I'd rather be on the Brewers and the Dodgers, but it's not quite the wild, uh, out-of-control Dodgers prices we've seen over the last week and a half or so. Model says total should be 7.2. Actual total is 7. I would not go over on this one as well. I think it's probably priced pretty right at 7. And tonight, that'll be pretty standard for LA. Mid-70s to start around 70 degrees to close. Wind's blowing out, but dying down as the night goes on. Again, a normal night in LA. I think seven's a pretty good total on that one. Closing us out, Nationals at the Mariners, 10-10 Eastern. First pitch, Mariners are massive favorites. They should be massive favorites. Robbie Ray is a pretty solid pitcher. Eric Fetty for the Nats isn't. Pretty big discrepancy there. Of course, the Mariners' relievers much better. Mariners' offense much better. At home, they should be giant favorites. The question is by how much. Surprisingly, the model still says minus 257 is a good play on the Mariners. So it's a B-grade pick for me there. model says it should be Mariners minus 276. Um, this Nats team can be a little frisky, but I think the biggest thing is it's all about the price here. Um, they are bad enough that I just I need the odds that we were getting against the Padres. Um, to back them here, and we're not getting those odds. I think the Mariners are still worth a look. It can't be an A-grade play at this price because you're paying the, the premium for it. But I do think the Mariners are worth a look here tonight. I don't think this price is that out of hand. It's one of the big favorites that I actually be comfortable with, right? I think there's some value in some favorites. I think there's some value in dogs. I think that's true every night. I think if you're going only one or the other, I think you're kind of missing out on diversifying your portfolio. I think it's a big favorite here that's worth a look. I'm not sure I'd play run line, being the home team in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Probably just play money line here and just temper back my investment um, and just say it still can make us some money here. Um, I think the Mariners are the side to be on. Like I said, they've just got advantages across the board and at home, pretty big advantages across the board. Um, again, Ray's a guy who we faded early on because people thought he was Cy Young caliber and he was never quite that good. It was always kind of he overperformed and, you know, his results were just better than he actually was, but he was always been good and lately, um, People just got down on him, and he's still a good pitcher. Um, 387 ERA underlying metrics, so that's pretty accurate. Still a very good pitcher, um, and one that's absolutely capable of shutting down a bad Nationals offense. Again, Fetty, below average, 495 ERA, and that's about who he is. So, I mean, the Mariners should have their way here tonight. And this price, while large, I don't think is large enough. Ian Model says it should be 276. So it'd be a great play for me on the Mariners in a game that the model says should be totaled at 7.3. Actual total is 7.5, another pretty well-priced total in my opinion. I'll recap the A plays for you here. I've got the Mets at plus 118 at the Yankees. I've got the Red Sox plus 145 home against the Blue Jays. I've got the Guardians at plus 132 at the Padres. I've got the Marlins at minus 136 at the A's. Four A grade plays for you today. And that's all I have for you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode Picks with the professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswitheprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel drop right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.